When it comes to the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, I mean, there are those parts that are really well-worn, very familiar, because we focus on them each and every year. And then there are those other parts of the story that are not as familiar. And in fact, part of our traditional understanding of some of those things is quite wrong. Well, I'm going to correct this wrong, and I'm going to focus on this lesser-known part of the Christmas story in this week's Spiritual Focus, December the 21st, 2022. Okay, well, we are only three days away from Christmas Day, and I'm sure that you and your family are getting very excited about that. Which leads me to my first announcement. Christmas Eve and our weekly worship gathering. Now these are going to be combined this year, and we will be offering opportunities for you to gather with us. Saturday, December the 24th, we will have a 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. gathering. Now, in that 4 p.m. gathering, there's going to be a full children's program, just like we have each Sunday morning. ASL interpretation will be offered, and the live stream will be going out at 4 p.m. Now, at the 6 p.m. Uh, offering, there will only be nursery, and the other parts will not be included at 6 p.m. So, I look forward to seeing you then and there. Now, don't forget about our 2022 Christmas offering for both Ruth Harbor and Agape Pregnancy Center. We're taking gifts for this project throughout the month and will conclude at the end of December. So prayerfully consider how you might participate and I thank you in advance for your generosity. Number three, there are no Wednesday activities tonight. All of our regular activities will resume on Wednesday, January the 4th at their regular times. Now, Number four, the church office is going to be closed on Monday, December the 26th, as well as Friday, December the 30th, and also on Monday, January the 2nd. So despite that, nonetheless, we will hold our normal worship gathering on Sunday, January the 1st at 10 a.m. Number five has to do with our Membership class. Our next TMC membership class is going to be held on Sunday, January the 22nd from 4 to 6 p.m. Now, if you're interested in taking part in that, please connect with me or call the church office to sign up. Now, finally, we have a new Bible reading plan for 2023, and I've asked Pastor Brett to explain it. So, Pastor Brett, take it away. Hey church, this is Pastor Brett. I want to give you a further explanation of our 2023 Bible reading plan. Uh, this Bible plan is not going to allow you to necessarily read the entire Bible in a year. We've done that last year, we've done that in years previous, um, but this year uh, we thought that this would be a new opportunity to do something a little bit different and a little bit fresh, but we'll still get you into God's Word. And so the theme of this Bible reading plan is all about Bible doctrine. 
And doctrine is simply just some of the most foundational belief systems that we have, that we see in the Bible. Um, And so this year, we have a a five-day-a-week reading plan where for five days of the week, you're going to be covering eight core doctrines of our faith. You're going to be studying doctrines like theology, and theology simply means the study of God. You're going to study anthropology, which is the study of man, the nature of man. You're going to study the Word of God, which is the doctrine of the study of Scripture, of what does the Bible say about itself, what kind of book is the Bible. You'll study the doctrine of Christology, which is the study of Jesus Christ. You'll also study pneumatology, which comes from the word pneuma, which is the study of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be studying the doctrine of soteriology, which is the study of salvation. You're going to study ecclesiology, which is all about the study of the church, capital C church, meaning the global church, Jesus' church. And you're also going to study eschatology, which is the study of end times. And so we hope that you will take this five-day plan and read it a little bit every day. Um, for Saturday and Sunday, you've got some suggestions on the back for what to do. If you can mem- you want to memorize a verse, if you want to catch up, if you want to read further ahead, if you want to read deeper into some of those doctrines, there's a lot of options and a lot of flexibility with this plan, which we think is helpful as well. So you can pick up a copy of this at either entrance at our church or at the Next Steps table. And that'll be there for a number of weeks and probably even all year round. And so if you want one at any point in time or you want to give this to someone else, uh, please let us know. We will print additional copies as needed. You can also download a PDF version of this um, from the email blast that's going to be coming on Friday. And now the, uh, the PDF version will be full-size piece of paper. It'll be this size, kind of really big. Um, but we've also printed little booklet ones. That way, if you've got a Bible that's kind of this size, uh, you can literally just throw that in your Bible, and you're off and ready to go. Lastly, I just want to say, you know, I want to ask um, or answer the question, you know, well, why this doctrinal reading plan? I want to encourage you that this is for every single person in the church. This is not for those um, who think that they're the most theological um, person in the world. It's for everybody. Because the reality is, if you're a Christian, um, you need to know what the Bible says. You need to know doctrine. Our faith is built on words and phrases and paragraphs and books all coming together in one cohesive way um, that teaches us what to think. And not only what to think, but how to think. And then from how to think, how we ought to live, what we ought to love, and how we ought to behave, and how we ought to treat others in the world. And all of that is built on a foundation of a belief system that we call the Christian or the biblical worldview. Meaning everything that we see in our world comes through the Christian perspective. As if the lenses of our glasses were the Bible, we want to look at the world through the lens of Scripture. And doctrine is the kind of think of it as the bricks in our foundation. Each brick in the foundation um, is going to build a solid foundation for your faith. So when you're studying about Christ, the Holy Spirit, how salvation works, the fall and depravity of man, who God is and his triune nature, what the church is and what its mission is, and what the Bible says about the end times, and all these different things are going to be different bricks in your foundation that will help you develop a solid understanding of what God's word has to say so that you'll know how to live uh, every day.
And you and I both know that every single day you and I are bombarded by false beliefs and false ideas. And those beliefs and ideas that are false, they come from a false worldview. And if you don't have a solid worldview, then you will be questioning the worldview that you're hearing. And you might even be really shaken in your faith. And so um, even this week, I'm watching YouTube videos of, of people who are sharing their worldview and their belief about Jesus and their heretical um, and so there's a lot to, out there that we need to be aware of, not to be scared, but to know what this book says and to be able to live what this book says. Um, and so I really hope that you'll pick up a copy of the doctrinal reading plan. You'll follow along as best you can. Again, it's not about perfection. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. So whatever you get done this year, don't worry about finishing it perfectly. Just focus on being consistent as best you can. And hopefully as you dig into God's word, you will find yourself renewed and refreshed and encouraged with a greater confidence in God's word. So thank you for picking up a copy. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to let me or Pastor Mike know. We'd be happy to answer any questions that you have along the way. Well, that does it for this week's announcements. Now to our spiritual focus. So, the part of the Christmas story that is less traveled and contains information that has been incorrectly presented over the years is found in Matthew chapter 2. It's part of the story that introduces us to the wise men, or as they're called, the Magi. One popular Christmas song calls them three kings. Well, this passage, Matthew chapter 2, also introduces us to the ruler of the region in which Jesus was born, his name is Herod, and records a heinous crime that took the lives of hundreds, if not thousands, of young Jewish boys. Well, let's read the passage, and then I'll take a few minutes to elaborate. Verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, meaning Micah, and this is found in Micah 5.2, quote, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel, end quote. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, quote, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. End quote. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, quote, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he, that is Joseph, rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. Now this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This is a reference to Hosea and Hosea 11.1, 1, quote, Out of Egypt I called my son, end quote. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all in that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet. This is a reference to Jeremiah and Jeremiah 31, 15. Quote, a voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, quote, Rise and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead, end quote. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus uh, was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Gal he, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets plural, might be fulfilled that he would be called a Nazarene. Now, last weekend, Connie and I went to Chicago to visit our son David and his family. And on Saturday night, I took my grandson Brooks on a walk to a nearby church to observe a nativity and to get some hot cocoa. The nativity was as you would expect. Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, animals, shepherds, an angel, and three wise men, or magi. Now, all of those characters belonged there in the manger except for the three magi. They did not belong there because they were not there when Jesus was born, despite popular uh, thought about this. Actually, verse 11 tells us that when they first laid eyes on Jesus, Mary and Joseph had left the stable and were living in a house. So, Again, they were not there at the stable. Furthermore, the part where Herod ordered the murder of all the boys who were two years of age and younger suggests that when the Magi found Jesus, he was at least one year old and possibly a little older. So the popular images that we've adopted that, that place the three Magi or wise men at the stable where Jesus was born are just simply inaccurate. They were not there. Now, another point that has no basis in Scripture is that there were three magi or wise men. 
If you noticed in the passage, Scripture does not tell us how many Magi there were. The number three comes into play because it was adopted based on the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, these are specifically, these are, uh, specifically mentioned in the text, but there uh, could have been many more gifts and or Magi. We simply don't know for sure. So you say, Pastor Mike, why do you bring all this up? Well, because when we are not careful to follow the biblical text as it is given, we run the risk of changing what the scriptures actually say. Now, in the case of the Magi, it's just a point of how many and when they arrived. But that same inattention to what the text really says can be quite disastrous when we do the same with passages that speak about things like why Jesus went to the cross or how he was raised from the dead, or the means, method, and scope of saving grace. So when we think about that, getting it right is a must. Now, with that part cleared up, I want to call your attention to the different parts of the story that I just read that are tied to prophecies of the Old Testament. The first is when Herod inquired about where the Christ was to be born. The Magi referenced him to Micah 5.2, which said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Now, I have to wonder, with all of the interest that was present during that day about the coming of a Messiah, why didn't Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, along with other fulfilled prophecies, awaken them to the identity of this child? Secondly, an angel of the Lord directed Joseph to take Jesus and Mary to Egypt so that young Jesus would be protected from Herod. Now, this again is a fulfillment of Hosea 11.1, that God's Son, the Messiah, would be called out of Egypt. Number three, when Herod ordered all of the male children of Bethlehem and the surrounding region to be put to death, it was a fulfillment of a prophecy found in Jeremiah 31.15, which foretold of a great future mourning that would take place because of the loss of many Israelite children. And finally, when Herod died, God dispatched an angel who appeared to Joseph in a dream, instructing him to return to Israel. But when Joseph learned that Herod's son, who was a, a vicious man, was now ruling over Judea, Joseph was warned again through a dream not to return to Judea, which caused Joseph then to go to the village of Nazareth, where Jesus could grow to manhood in peace. Now, Matthew says that this event also fulfilled what the prophets had foretold. Before he said prophet, because he was referencing a specific one, but now he uses this general term prophets. But he does not cite the actual prophecy leaving us to wonder then, you know, where did he get this exactly? Because no such prophecy with that specific language is directly given. Now that notwithstanding, what we continue to find about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is that all of it, down to some of the, the uh, very minute details, was given by God to the prophets so that his people would know the Messiah when he came. Today, we have the full and complete Word of God, which is given to inform us about God's plans throughout the ages. 
Many of them passed, yes, and some yet to come. You know, Israel did not recognize the signs concerning the Messiah, despite the fact that they had been written down, and they were being fulfilled right in their midst. Which leads me to ask, what about you? And what about me? You know, we have God's written record, and there are signs all around us that are coming to pass, just as Scripture has foretold, telling us, warning the world that Jesus is coming again. I want you to remember, His first coming was a, as a baby, a suffering servant. The Scripture tells us that when He comes again, it will be as a warrior, a conquering king. He will come and judge those who have rejected Him, and He will gather to Himself those who by faith have embraced Him. Now, friend, if he were to turn, return today, which group would you be part of? Which group would you be part of? I guarantee you, he is coming again. Are you ready? Can we talk about it? My contact information is there on the screen, and it will be there throughout the remaining of this video. Please reach out and let's connect. Well, thanks for listening. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share this less familiar, less traveled road that is part of the Christmas story. And Lord, we find many wonderful things. There are many that I didn't even have time to, to talk about. But Lord, specifically, we uh, are able to correct some of the, the, mis, uh, the inaccurate statements and, and pictures that have been painted for us about uh, the manger scene. And we've also been able to see how prophecy continues to play a major role in all that you do and how it, when it's fulfilled, reveals again and again and again the accuracy and the, 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 the power with which you bring things to pass. And Lord, we can have confidence then as we see all of these prophecies fulfilled that your word is true and that we can trust it and we can rest in it. So Lord, I pray that as we enter 2023, that we will be a church that continues to be a, a people of the Word, that we will teach it, preach it, read it correctly, and share it lovingly with others around us. Lord, thank you for Jesus coming. Thank you for all that He has provided through His death and His resurrection, and even the fact that He has ascended today uh, interceding on our behalf. Uh, Lord, may we find comfort in that. May we find encouragement, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Saturday, Christmas Eve, we have two services, one at 4, one at 6 p.m., and along with the beautiful Christmas hymns, I'm going to bring the conclusion of the series, What Child Is This? He is the Wonderful Counselor. He is Mighty God. He is Everlasting Father. And as we'll talk about on Christmas Eve, He is the Prince of Peace. I look forward to sharing that message with you. God bless and have a great week. Thank you.